0: Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey.
1: Find your notes, if you will. We're last week looked at understanding our sin. We're going to look at that again this morning. And the reason for that title, the reason we're doing that is because all of us have to understand how sin operates because we are all sinners. Romans 3.23, everyone has sinned all fall short of God's glorious standard. Last week we talked about how sin has certain consequences. It brings shame into our life. Stuff we try to hide and try to push aside and not admit and try to cover up somewhere or another. And then it brings in blame and we try to make excuses for our behavior and excuses for what happened and blame somebody else for it and not take responsibility for it. And then it talks about the fame we want. We want to be in charge. We want to have our way we want to be God in our life and today what we're going to look at is the response to sin in other words, let's look at the progression and what happens. And what we're going to do is a familiar story in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 22. Is the story of the prodigal son. Jesus tells this story. It's about, I'm not going to read the text, but there's a boy. He decides he wants his own way. He asks dad for the inheritance. Father gives it to him. He goes, wastes it all, ends up with nothing left, has nothing, and finally decides he needs to come back home. So we're going to look at that progression of what happens and how sin operates and what we need to be aware of. First of all, sin begins with, give me. Give me. In other words, I want, I deserve, I demand. Luke chapter 15, verse 12, the younger son told his father, I want my share of whose estate? It's not even his. I want my share of your estate now before you die. Boy, that's a slap in the face, isn't it? How many of your parents would like it? Your kid come to you, look, I want my inheritance now. (laughs) So his father agreed. Divide his wealth between his sons. I don't want to wait. I want it now. Everyone starts in the give me stage. Give me this, give me that. In our relationships, give me. Too many people get married because I expect that person to give me what I want and what I think I need. Give me that. Little children, give me. You know, if you're a grandparent and you have a grandchild, you understand and you learn real fast that you do not get to do what you want to do. Give me. Give me that toy. Give me this way. Give me this. Give me that. The selfishness that every one of us have, I want it now. I want to have it. I don't want to wait for it. I have my rights. I deserve it. And so life is lived and sin begins to germinate and come to expression when you and I get to the place in our lives that we think we are owed something that's not ours, but we want it and we want it now and I don't want to wait for it. We are not very patient people, are we? No, we're not. God, I want you to give me relief from my problems now. I want you to give me this now. I deserve this now. And so it begins with that stage. That's where our story starts. That's where our story starts. We're born into a world, give me, we think the world owes us. We think other people owe us. We think we deserve it. We want it now. I don't want to wait. Give it to me. I want to have it when I want it and I deserve it now. How many problems have you and I gotten into in our lives because we wanted something now and didn't want to wait for it? Give me, give me. Second stage is notice me, notice me. In other words, I wanna be famous. I want you to know who I am. I wanna be in charge. So he gets the money, Luke chapter 15, verse 13. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings, all that he had inherited. All the stuff that he had and he moved to a distant land. Let me go someplace else because being here at home is stifling me and I want to express my freedom. I want to be somebody. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Anybody ever felt like you have wasted some of your life? spend it in a way you wish you wouldn't have. But we're told here at this story, this guy goes out and he just takes all of his money and lives recklessly does whatever he wants. We, we want to have that ability to do what I want to do. We think if we get this, get some money, then I'll be happy. If I can experience this, if I can get away from home, get out of this place, go to another place, have the resources that I want. If you give me what I want, then I can do what I want. And sometimes we're that way with God, aren't we? You give me this and then I'll do this. And how many times in life we have thought we were owed something because we wanted to do something and we didn't care what anybody else thought? You see, young people, they go from a stage of give me to notice me. They want to be noticed. They want to be their own person. They want to do their own thing. I want to be original. I want to be unique. I want to be me. And so what do they do? They do things that suddenly make them like everybody else that they're hanging out with. They want to be unique, but they end up being, so I want to be like everybody else. So let me go get something pierced or some ink put on, because I want to look like everybody else. I mean, I have my rights. There's that argument that goes on in our world today. Well, it's my body. I can do with it what I want. Sounds so nice. Except that if you're a Christian, that is not true. Because here's what the Bible says: You are not your own; you've been bought with a price, so you must honor God with your body. It's not yours to do what you want. It's not your life to do with. It. Oh, you can do what you want with it. We're going to find out how that ends up. But we come to that place where we say, "I want to be noticed. I want to do something to stand out." But really, what we want to do is we want to fit in, and we want everybody to think we're special. Thus, we raise a generation, oh, you're special. You're unique. You're different. You know, I want to do my own thing. I can do whatever I want to do. And, you know, we just operate that way. That's what sin does. Sin is very selfish. Sin makes you think of only you. I want this. Give it to me. I deserve this. I want you to notice that I'm somebody. I want to have my way. I want to do my thing. I want everybody to notice that. I have my rights. I can do whatever I want to do. And that is what sin does to us. Sin causes us to live recklessly because it thinks it knows what's best. I want to do this. It's my right, it's my way, I deserve it, I've earned it, I have a right to it, I will do whatever I want to do, and nobody has the right to tell me how to live. That's what sin does. Sin operates independently. Sin operates selfishly. Give me what I want, and I'm going to be somebody. Notice me. So that's where this young man starts. That's where our story begins. He comes to his dad, I want what's mine. I know it's yours, but I want it. And I want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to have to spend time doing what's right and reaping benefits later on. I want all the benefits right now. I don't want to have to do what is seemingly right thing to do what God says to do because that doesn't give me what I want in life and I won't then stick out. In fact, people might notice me but they'll notice me for the wrong reasons. And so we all begin that way. That's what sin does. And whenever you find yourself operating in that manner, a little red alarm should be going off in your head going, danger, danger, danger. The moment you begin to think, I deserve this, I'm owed this, give me. The moment you think, I can do what I want, I want to be somebody and I want people to notice me for the right things. I want to be that person. I want this to be this way. I want to do with whatever I want to do. And that's where that young man began. That's where sin begins. That's what harms and wrecks our lives as well. The third step poor me. Poor me. Sin always, always ends up making life miserable, sin germinates. It starts in a certain way. It starts when I have the wrong heart and the wrong attitude, the wrong mentality thinking that it's about me and I can get what I want, should have what I want when I want, do with it whenever I want. And it always ends up with the pigs. Now, Jesus is a masterful storyteller. He's telling this story to a group of people, Jewish people. Now, keep that in your mind as he says this, okay? Because when he gets to this line and he says this, there probably would have been a great gasp in the crowd. About the same, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. Well, see, Pastor, the problem wasn't him. The problem was the famine. And <laughs> yeah, we're always good at blaming something else, aren't we? So this happens. His money goes out. You know, he doesn't have the resources that he thought he had. He's already wasted it all. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, verse 15, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. (gasps) A Jewish boy with pigs? That's just not right. Jesus has their attention, doesn't he? The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Where were all of his friends now? Where were all the people who participated in the wild living? They really weren't friends, were they? Because when the crisis happened, they departed, correct? So we find a boy here, penniless, and alone. And he looks around and thinks, wow, even what's detestable looks good. Poor me. It isn't fair. You see, what happens is when we operate with the give me and notice me stage, and we get to a place where suddenly we don't have the resources we thought we had, and things haven't worked out like we thought they would work out, then we start feeling bad for ourselves, don't we? Not understanding we created our mess. You get married. You get married for a reason to say somebody, oh, they'll give me what I want. Here, here's the line. You know I hate this. They're my soul mate. Oh, I want to gag. <laughs> you know, they're that person. They'll complete my life. No one completes your life but Jesus Christ. No one. And when you put that on somebody else, you're going to be disappointed in them. But every marriage, again, give me, you know... Take care of me. Whenever the relationship is about you, you will destroy the relationship. And you will end up in a place you will regret. Well, it's not fair. If they would have done this, if they would have said that, you know, oh, I thought this would make me happy. No one can make you happy. You are as happy as you choose to be. That's your call. You're responsible for your happiness. And when you're demanding that someone else make you happy, they are going to fail. Because you put impossible demands on their life. And then it goes from, I'll never be happy. And then a relationship gets destroyed. And you end up with the pigs well, I got this job and this job will make me happy and I want to find the perfect job. And if I get this place, that people will do this for me and I'll get this and I got my dream place and I believe everything will do this. This will suddenly be the fulfillment that I'm looking for in life. And suddenly reality comes about week three that this job isn't everything you dreamt it would be and that boss isn't everything you thought they should be and suddenly you're not getting treated the way you think you should be treated, and you're not getting recognized the way you deserve to be recognized, and you begin to be discontented with what you have, and therefore you say, it's their fault. (laughs) God didn't create good jobs or marriages to make you happy. (laughs) Good to know, Pastor, because it's working. You know, in fact, let me just tell you something. God created relationships to kill you because greater love has no one than they lay down their life for someone else. But as long as you're a give me person and as long as you think you have a right to something and you want to be noticed, you set yourself up for a great fall don't you? And suddenly you find yourself in a place in life, I didn't think I would ever be here. And if you're not careful as we talked about last week you begin to blame someone else for where you're at and for your problems because we all know you're perfect and you would never do this. (laughs) And God knows the best way for you to be happy is to die to yourself. And the best way for you to die to yourself is to learn how to get along and to love other people. God wants you to be joyful, but the only way to be joyful is to not have to have your way. But the world tells us, you're your own person. You can do what you want. You can behave as you want. It's your choice. And then we wonder why we end up in the pig pen, looking at what's around, wow, that looks better than what I've got. And we blame the circumstances. We blame the other people but we don't take responsibility. It was me that drove me to this place because I had certain demands and I had certain expectations and this is what I wanted and this is what I thought I deserved and this is what I thought would make me happy and this is how I believe life should be lived. Give it to me now. I should have what I want when I want it and get it however I want it, thinking that that's living. But in reality, it ends up in a mess, poor me. Poor me. And I would imagine that every one of us in this room can step back in our life and review a little bit and see how that has played out in our lives at one time or another, hasn't it? Certain circumstances. But here's the thing. I got some good news for you today. The story doesn't end there. Your story doesn't end there. There is more. And it begins with, search me. Search me. In other words, what you do is you become honest with yourself. Notice what he does. Luke chapter 15, verse 17. Uh, one One of the great lines in the Bible to me. When he finally came to his senses... Isn't that a great line? When he finally started thinking right, when he finally gained a good perspective, he said to himself, because that's where it always starts, isn't it? At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. What I thought I wanted to escape was exactly the place I need to be to provide for me what I want in life. And how many people run away from the Father, God, thinking they know what's best, going their own direction, doing their own thing. And at some point, some of you in this room came to your senses and said, you know what God offers? is much better than what I have now. You will never be mature in life, and we talked about this a little bit last week, until you take responsibility for your problems. You can blame everybody you want, but as long as you're blaming somebody else, you will never grow up. As long as you're holding out for that impossible dream that you think will make you happy and put you in a place that you want to be with everybody else where you're noticed, as long as you're living like that, you will find yourself sorely disappointed. And so you and I have to come to that place where we're saying, you know what, God, I'm looking at my life and I'm just looking at where I am, and, and suddenly I realize something. What I thought would make me happy won't. And what you have for me is what I need in life. And Lord, where I find myself today is a mess. I've made a mess of things, I've wasted all the money, I've wasted everything. But back home, I have everything I need. God, help me. Here's how the psalmist put it in Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Isn't that a great word? Anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, God. Now our pride, our insecurity, our fear will keep us from doing those kinds of things. Well, you know what, I think I can manage this and so what do we do? We double down. Okay, I've made a mess, but this next time I'll make it better. And what do you end up doing? You end up doing exactly what you did the first time only with a little different circumstances. And you, you, we end up making things complicated because we think the pride says, I can do this. I wanna do this, I know. I didn't get what I wanted the first time, but that was because of them and them and them and this and that. It wasn't my fault. I can do this again. And so we repeat it and end up in the same place. Or if I do that, what if God doesn't accept me and God doesn't want me and I'm just afraid that if I don't take care, who's going to take care of me? And God help me. And we put ourselves in a place where we become unteachable and unreachable because pride and insecurity are present. And so I have to understand that God says, look, I want you to come to me, but you're going to have to come to your senses first. And to come to your senses means you're honest with yourself and you begin to look for me in the midst of it. Now, when it says, search me and look for me, let me give you… I, I don't know about you, but I, I'll admit that sometimes I haven't been the best of parent. I had five kids, for those of you who don't know. And I remember there has been, unfortunately, I'd like to say, I thought it was, would be once, but it's been more than once. I have lost one of my kids. Okay? We were at the mall one time. I started counting and go, uh-oh, one's missing. We we're at one of these little circuses out here, you know, that's there. And uh, looked around and go, uh-oh, one of them's gone. Now, do you know how we searched for that child? We turned over everything, didn't we? We went to great extents to try and find them. God, search me. God, help me to know me. Take away my anxious thoughts. Take away my thoughts of superiority. Think away that thing that thinks I know what's best. Take away those, that heart that wants its own way. Wants to do its own thing. God, search me. See what you find. See what's there. Let me be honest. Two people you really have to be honest with. Yourself and God. God. And you might as well be honest with God because he already knows. He's just waiting for you to realize it. This young man came to his senses. So once he did that, notice the response. Take me and make me. Take me and make me. So he comes to his senses. He says, man, you know, things are bad here. They're back there. You know, so Luke chapter 15, verse 18, I will go home to my father. That means you have to swallow your pride, doesn't it? Hello? We're not good. We don't like how pride tastes, do we? We don't want to swallow it. He had to say, you know what, I'm bad off. I'll go to where I know I need to go. I'll come to God. I'll come to Him and recognize that He's the Father of my life, and I need Him, and I have wasted my life. I have wasted parts of my life. I have ended up in a place I didn't want to end up in. I thought I was in control. I thought I could do a whole lot better. But I realize I can't. I don't. So I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to come back home. You got to be willing to take that step, don't you? And here's what I'll say. Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. But it was because my older brother lived with me and he wasn't good to me. Father, I did that because you were a horrible dad. Father, I did that because I didn't get what I needed. No, I've sinned against you, against heaven. And I am no longer worthy of anything that you have to offer me. I don't deserve anything. I'm just here. Would you take me on as a hired hand? No demands. No, hey, I want this, I want this. Notice the humility that's here. Notice what's going on. The surrender that takes place. No matter what happens, Dad, I am willing to serve you in some version just says, make me a servant. Just take me. Would you take me back? Here's the great thing about God. He takes you just as you are. Just as you are. Now, I didn't put it in the notes here, but we all know what happened next, don't we? The father didn't give him some big hard lecture, right? father didn't say, well, okay, I I don't know. You know, you took advantage of me. I'm going to have a hard time trusting you again. No, no, no. What's the father did? Hey, the boy's home. Let's celebrate. The boy's back. It's great. He was lost. Now he's found. (laughs) Make me. Psalm 119, verse 33. Teach me your decrees, O Lord. I'll keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I'll obey your instructions. I'll put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands. For that is where my happiness is found. We think we know what will make us happy, but we don't because only God can give us that joy. Luke 9.23, Jesus says to the crowd, You want to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross daily and follow me. In other words, it's not about what you want, it's about what I want. And if you try to hang on to your life, if you try to make your own life, if you try to go your own way, if you think you know what you need and you deserve and what you want, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost and destroyed? So here's how sin operates. It attacks our ego and our thinking, thinking we know what's best in life and what will make us happy and what we want. And so we give it to me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I can have. I want it now. And then we do it because we wanna have the thrill. We wanna be large and in charge and we, we want people to notice and we, we wanna be there. But have you? I hope you've seen it. It ends up in the pig pen. So you deal with sin by coming to God and saying, okay, God, I messed up. I've blown it. And for some, God, I've blown it more than once. I've blown a lot. Will you just take me God as I am and will you just let me serve you? And will you just make me as one of your servants? And God says, welcome home. Glad you're here. Let's celebrate. That's life. That's living. So where do you find yourself today? For some of you, you're the boy in the land away doing your thing, thinking you know what's best and what's right, and you think you've got it together. But hear me, one day you will end up in a mess. But maybe you're here today and you suddenly realize, okay, I need God. And maybe for those of you here as Christians, You're thinking, well, you know, I know what's best. And you're still trying to control your life and run your life because you think you see it right. And you think you have the answer and you think you know what you want. And you're trying to do it all on your own and by yourself. It's not gonna end well. For all of us, God, here I am. Help me to come to my senses. Help me to see what's right. Would you take me back? Would you take me on? And would you make me one of your children? And God doesn't give the lectures and God doesn't say you have to pay. God just says, let's celebrate. And thus the scriptures tell us that when one sinner comes home, all of heaven rejoices because of what he does. That's great news. The world will try to tell you how to live life and what will work and what won't work. But the world is wrong. But God tells you, here's the way it is. Here's the way it works. I'm offering it to you. Will you take it? If you want your inheritance, if you want to go your own way, you can do it. But one day I hope you come to your senses and realize. So today we're going to take a moment And maybe you're here and you need to give your life to God. And this is a come to your senses moment. You need to do this. For some of you, you're here and you're still trying to operate some things on your own and you think you know what you want in life. And you need to realize you don't. And some of you, you're blaming others. And you need to stop, say, God, search me. So could we take a time here just respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us and speak into our lives this morning to say, God, here I am. Take me, make me. Would you just take a moment and do that just in your way? The enemy lies to us by telling us that we know what's best for life and that we can do it better than anybody else. And he encourages us to go our way and to do our thing and to be our own person and to operate however we want. But in the long run, it never works out. It's only when we come to you, when we recognize who we are as sinners and we come to you and say would you take me I give myself to you I am here to serve you and Lord that's where our joy is found that's where our life is fulfilled that's where life has meaning purpose thank you for the life you offer to us Help us to be willing to come to you to receive it. We thank you today for the life you have for us. In thy name we
0: pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.